Eleanor, remember when you sent me a little text at like 1 p.m. a couple of weeks ago? Like, hey, how crazy about Facebook and Instagram? And I said, what? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Basically, a couple of weeks ago, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and other Facebook-owned entities all went dark for a hot minute, and the internet collectively lost its minds. Today, we are going to be diving into the deep, dark corners of the web to pull out all of the urban legends associated with the mysterious Facebook outage. We normally cover legends in this podcast that have existed online for a long time, so I'm excited to talk about something that just happened. I agree. We're timely. For once in our lives, normally we're talking about ancient ghoulies and ghosties, Um, so I'm excited too. I also love a good conspiracy theory. I'm down to get to the bottom of what Zuckerberg has got going on because I am more prone to believing corporate conspiracies than I am to believing like literally anything else we could bring up on the podcast. So you're going to have to do very little to convince me. I've also done a little bit of research. I'm very excited to discuss. We have like, like I said, a timely hot episode today. I love this. We're real podcasters. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loie, your evidence expert, a person who took the worst mental health day away from the internet, potential, well, or maybe the best, because I miss all of this until basically like 30 minutes before everything came back online. I'm Eleanor. I'm typically a skeptic, though today I think I'm all in on the can Zuckerberg and conspiracy be made into one word? His name doesn't really lend itself to puns. Zuckspiracy. I'm ready for it. Are you kidding me? That's the next documentary title. Zuckspiracy. Mm-hmm. Trademark it right now. <laughs> Together, we are the Gruesome Twosome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. You know, today I'm going to say we will find the answers we're looking for, and it might keep us up at night. It probably will. Uh, we're excited to have you guys along for the ride for this one. It's a little bit different than our normal episodes, and in that way, very exciting. And also, I think a little bit scarier because we were all there. We all watched it happen. This was real. The fact that our digital society can crumble, the internet apocalypse, I'm excited to get into it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Let's go back to that fateful day, which wasn't that long ago. 
On October 4th, which was a nice Monday morning in Los Angeles, around 8.30 in the morning, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Oculus all went dark for around six hours. Honestly, I remember like, I remember seeing tweets that were like maybe five or six hours old and it still was not back online. So maybe it was six hours. Like you said, I think it kind of trickled back. This was a huge deal that Facebook and its entities were not online. Like Messenger in itself, a lot of people will use that to talk to family and friends overseas or, you know, just at home. So this was like really massive. Like businesses use Facebook for marketing, for talking to customers. I cannot begin to emphasize what a big deal this was. More than 3.5 billion people use Facebook around the world for communication, for businesses to sign into devices like TVs and thermostats. And much like Eleanor and I, Lots of people enjoy social media. Apparently 3.5 billion enjoy Facebook and its entities. But we are in kind of a unique position where our jobs are reliant on Facebook and Instagram and like the Zucker that runs them. So we were kind of, I think, laughing about it almost more than anybody because we are like intimately familiar with Instagram. So like to see it crumble for a day was like, all you could do is laugh. But also we love Instagram. Like we use it every single day. And so many billions of other people do too, but it's also how we get paid. We were like, we were very wrapped up in the Zucky wormhole. As a result of this, many Facebook employees, like actual employees of the Facebook company, could not use internal systems, couldn't receive calls, send external emails, or even enter their physical buildings. This is how huge this was, that people could not get into their own office buildings. I would be so stoked. I saw, I don't know if this is true, it's Twitter, obviously, so massive hunk of salt, but I saw um, a tweet that was like, they're flying people out to manually reset the like system. I was like, oh my God, this is like, it is crazy. Now that we've laid the foundation that Facebook can go dark. Instagram could just disappear. WhatsApp, people use WhatsApp like as a their exclusive form of communication, especially internationally. That can just evaporate. We were shook. Can you imagine being a 70-year-old grandma and all of a sudden all your Facebook pictures and like means of communicating has disappeared? We are so reliant on these systems of social media for communication. So obviously we were startled to say the least by this whole outage and scouring the web for answers. There were so many tweets, so many theories going up that we'll talk about in the second part of this episode. But let's start off with the one platform that didn't go offline because it wasn't owned by Facebook, Twitter. The Bird app. It did get kind of glitchy for a little bit, like I mentioned, because so many people flooded Twitter wondering what was going on, I imagine. Um, and they made a statement about that too. But you're right, Twitter uh, stood the test of time. That's right. TikTok too, I think. I mean, it, it was only Facebook entities that were going offline, but that is a good point to make that like, because people were flooding over to other social media apps, I remember Twitter tweeting, hello, literally everyone <laughs> that day. Because like it was one of the only like major social networking platforms still online because it's not owned by Facebook. And that's something we can talk about too. But f the fact that Facebook had to go to Twitter mm -hmm. to be like, hi, sorry about this, because they couldn't say it from their own platform or Instagram. 
it's nuts. They're all relying on each other too. I was seeing reports that like Gmail was going down and going glitchy because people were just like, if they couldn't check one social media, they were just flooding the others. Like we just, we short circuited, we stopped working. I think that there's a lot to be said about how much intellectual property is owned by the Zuck, by Facebook itself. But like seeing how once that goes offline, like the rest of the web was not equipped to deal with that. So it wound up being just like a blackout of the internet. It is just, I think, a kind of fragile ecosystem. You realize how, I guess, forceful the massive social media companies are. You know, it's kind of weird. I would like equate it. I did just go uh, to Disney, so it's on the mind. I'm wearing a Disney hat right now, but it feels like when, you know, they do crowd control in the parks. We've talked about Disney on the podcast a lot, like how they use like psychological control essentially to like put you where they want to put you from smells to directional, whatever. It's like if a massive ride breaks at Disney, the entire park is messed up. All the wait times are messed up. There are crowds everywhere. Like if the big ride of the day, rise the resistance, whatever breaks down, the park is completely unequipped to handle the flood of people that's gonna like disperse from that area. And that's like, it's genuinely what's going on here. But for the entire internet, like Facebook is so huge. The internet needs a number of people to be using Facebook primarily, or at least not using other social media apps to figure out what's going on. A professor of communications at Cornell actually made a statement about how this outage shows our reliance on these social platforms and highlights that our economy is increasingly digitized, like literally what you said. It's, I saw Destiny Deoxys, the Pokemon movie as a child. So few people will understand, but anybody who does, literally this, it's like a completely digital society and it goes dark and like nobody knows what to do. Nobody can get food nobody can like move. We're going to get there. You know, the outage was pretty mysterious, but the timing could not have been more sus. This outage, in case you did not already know, came right after a whistleblower did a 60 minutes interview on October 3rd. Now, her name is Frances Haugen, and she claims that Facebook knows that it is prioritizing profit over public good. Their company. I never once believed that Facebook cared about me as a company that's always why when like facebook or instagram tried to pretend that they were removing likes for the sake of like mental health i was like that's just it can't be true i'm sorry it simply can't be true that doesn't make any sense like i i feel like it i mean who knows why they make the choices that they do but it's like i have never seen or encountered or heard of like a corporate company in the history of massive corporate billion dollar companies that for some reason cares about the good of their customers more than their money. It's just simply not the case. Up next, we will dive into the Francis Haugen interview and the theories that surround this mysterious outage. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In the Frances Haugen whistleblower interview, she released thousands, thousands of internal research documents to the news, media, lawmakers, and regulators that showed proof that Facebook knew that it was causing harm to consumers. This is all coming from her. Just a little overarching statement. This is not my statement. This is not internet urban legends statement. This is all coming from her. Wasn't there like a, an inquest of the government into Zuckerberg? Like, because Facebook was allowing misinformation to affect the, the campaign in some capacity. So Facebook has been sus for a minute, right? That's why I'm like, nobody is surprised about this. Like, we already know that Facebook prioritizes monetary gain over, like, the truth, allegedly, potentially. I mean, their actions seem to indicate that. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. A, a whistleblower on 60 Minutes is definitely like, oh. Right. Like, it makes you sit back and like, whoa. But I do feel like these are things that most people, most adults who use Instagram, Facebook, any of its entities already know about Facebook and every other corporation, like, of its size. Now, according to Frances Haugen's interview, she also claimed that they know they being Facebook itself, they know how Instagram makes young women feel about themselves, how it can make them feel worse about themselves and that the platform is allegedly used to spread hate, violence, and misinformation. She also says that this is due to their algorithm, which is designed to show people content that they would engage with. Immediately after hearing this though, I was like, yeah, that's all social media. It's gonna show you anything that you will interact with. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole reason TikTok is blown up to the level that it has is because it has a curated feed of exactly what you want to see and people who are just like you. No two persons TikTok for you pages, TikTok is a great example, are the same. Not even kind of. They're highly, highly curated and that's why it works. So Facebook comes out, they're like, sorry, the website's offline. Also, the whistleblower interview, it was totally out of context. Uh, But... Let's get back to the outage here. Mysteriously timed, Mm -hmm. interestingly timed, that Facebook just goes offline for hours. Like an internet blackout, the likes of which we have never seen Mm -hmm. after this huge whistleblower interview. So what do we believe? Like following this, do we believe the Facebook claim that it was a network issue that took it offline for half of the day? I mean, I just don't. I just don't. I don't know. My prevailing theory right now is that they caused it themselves and it wasn't nearly as bad or dramatic as it actually was as a means to like take media attention off the whistleblower interview so that instead when you googled Facebook or Instagram that this would be all that came up from the day and the only you know piece of information you could find but I'm willing to be convinced otherwise so the theories are as follows and these are just the big ones so we can get through them and then talk about which if any we believe the most Mm mm-hmm 
One theory, of course, states that Facebook caused the outage itself to prove how reliant the world is on its apps that we cannot live without Facebook, basically. Following the whistleblower interview, but I think also to something that you said, Eleanor, probably boosting uh, Facebook outage in searches so that the whistleblower interview was covered up. I think it makes sense. Another surrounding the whistleblower claims that a Facebook employee did this to sabotage the company after hearing the interview. They were like, well, this is all news to me, so I'm going to take Facebook offline, I guess. I don't know. Another theory claims that Facebook was hacked, deleted, and that people's data and information was being sold on the dark web. So, uh, ranging from relatively reasonable all the way to, yeah, it was hacked and deleted. I think that's just kind of the internet. We talk a lot about how the internet will exaggerate things to the extreme, and that's how they'll end up as sort of like creepypastas or uh, internet urban legends, so to speak. I, I would be surprised if someone would hack Facebook and like not take responsibility, not do anything more than just take data quietly over the course of a couple hours. I would imagine that if you had the power to hack Facebook and every other app that Facebook owned, you're doing something else with it, right? I remember those viral tweets going around, though, and I we even sent them to each other that were like, Facebook has been deleted off the internet. Because, like, nobody knew what was going on. The code is gone. <laughs> the code is gone. All of our stuff is gone. And people just didn't know what to think because Facebook was not giving any answers. The only clarification we had from them was, sorry, we're working on it. And there was no updates from there. There was no explanation, no nothing. So people are just like kind of left to their own devices coming up with theories, which is how we got to crazy, crazy theories around this. And I think that the most reasonable one is the one that you said in the beginning of this podcast, that they surely did it themselves. Allegedly, conspiracy theory, But I I think it makes sense that, like, it doesn't really harm them, ultimately. I mean, as soon as Instagram was back up, I noticed that people were trying to get posts through right away. And anyone who could get a post through was getting incredible amounts of engagement, number one, because Instagram came back chronologically for, like, an hour for people, weirdly enough. So if you were following somebody and they managed to get a post up... I like the algorithm. It's my worst trait. It's my toxic trait, honestly. But it would show you anyone you followed. So for a second, people were getting incredible amounts of engagement because everybody was flooding to Instagram when it came back just to see like, oh, is my Instagram back? Is it buggy? What's going on? Right. I don't really see what harm this would have caused to Facebook, Instagram, all of those. You already mentioned that like maybe this was meant to point us in the direction of we need these apps. We're so reliant on these apps. Please be nice to Facebook. And ultimately, it did distract everybody, I think, from the whistleblower interview. I mean, we're kind of talking about it in conjunction, but I don't think most people would go that far. I think the average person consuming news just kind of casually would see like, oh, social media is down, and then see that there might have been a 60 Minutes interview and think that that just had something to do with it. Like they wouldn't dig deeper into what would normally be the biggest news about social media of the day. So when we ask the overarching question of does Facebook do more harm than good, that was kind of like the the ending statement of Facebook. Like, we do great. (laughs) Like, we do so much more than cause an echo chamber. Does it? Maybe. Does it matter? I don't really think so. We are so addicted to social media at this point. We cannot exist without it. It's like asking if 
video games as a whole do more harm than good because before video games, kids might have been outside more. It's like, I don't know. Like there are a lot of factors at play here. I think it's impossible to extract how dependent we are from Facebook or from the question and just like objectively answer because as soon as it went down, everybody immediately wanted it back. People would sarcastically comment on Twitter being like, I hope it stays gone, but they weren't on Facebook to begin with. If you're using social media actively, you want to keep using social mm -hmm. media. And even if you don't necessarily want it back, even if let's say you are someone who doesn't use it, your boss might use it for work-related purposes. Like personally, kind of my last question for today's episode was, can we even see a world without social media? No, but it makes me nervous that these companies are maybe too big. I'm picturing like someone trying to play their Oculus. <laughs> like the oculus is down like are we gonna get to a point where facebook owns everything like between facebook google like apple they're gonna have it all and if one goes down we're just like we're screwed i don't know but to your point no i don't think so i think we're we're trapped in the social media world indefinitely at least in our lifetimes we want to know what you guys have to say about this episode has Facebook just gone way too far? What do we think about the outage? Do we believe any of the conspiracy theories that are kind of floating around about it? Let us know all over social media, if it's still online, with the hashtag gruesome twosome. We would love to hear from you. For now, thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loweybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and by Deanna Markoff, Avi Gandhi, and Ed Simpson from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Mike Ramos. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kiven. Research provided by Yumi Shin. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor, better known as Snitchery. AKA the gruesome twosome.